Welcome to Basecamp, where men meet together to seek deeper understanding of authentic manhood and apply principles from God's Word to our daily lives. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's great to be here. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Skip Rayner reminded me of that this week. Um, before we start, I just want to say a quick prayer. I always loved it when Joe Terry uh, would start his base camp, and he would start it with this. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. My God, my rock, and my redeemer. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would just move in this place this morning. May you be exalted and lifted up and increase, and may I decrease as your word is uh, discussed and shared today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so some of you might know this is my first time teaching at base camp, so a uh, little anxiety uh, leading up to it, especially with the awesome speakers that we've had over the years. And I will tell you, just like I did in my military career ducking D.C., like the Matrix, I ducked having to come up here on this stage. I wanted to be the guy in the background, making the coffee, setting up the chairs, doing all those other things. But uh, Table 10 last semester uh, encouraged me, and uh, they brought it up, and I said, huh. So just uh, Ron Dickey, who's currently overseas in, in Tunisia, brought it up and said, well, why don't you do that next semester? And of course, I was still wondering if I wanted to do it, but I did. And then uh, I said, Jack, go easy on me. Um, and uh, my first time, you know. And so this is the topic that I have today uh, that, I, that I will do my very best. Uh, but what was good about it is uh, I didn't realize that when you, when you take a deep dive and you're actually preparing for one of these things that you, you actually see so many new things that you didn't see before and it does uh, better prepare you. So I also wanna thank all the brothers on the Zoom call who are listening in now and everybody else that has prayed for me and uh, helped me prepare for this and I just really appreciate you guys. Um, we're gonna continue in the We Believe series that we've already uh, started and had several sessions on We've already talked about the inspiration of scripture, the gospel, unity, the trinity, God the Son, and the virgin birth. And today we're gonna to talk about the atonement, the bodily resurrection, and the bodily ascension into heaven where Christ uh, sat at the right hand of God. Okay, so when I got this topic, I started just doing my initial research and I found this picture and I was like, wow, that's exactly what my topic is. So let me throw this picture in. I'm a very visual learner and visual person, uh, and uh, not, not so much words. Other than after the word of God, I think music and, and then visual pictures help me learn. Uh, so uh, I wanted to share this with you guys and, uh, and walk through it. The other thing is I said praise and worship music uh, really touches me. So after I found this picture, a song popped into my head as well. Now, I'm not a musician, I'm not KC. Um, I don't have any qualifications as a musician. I don't, can't read music and I, I, uh, I don't play an instrument. My, my wife's name is Melody. So that's, a, that's about my qualifications. <laughs> and my son's a music major at James Madison University. So, I mean, if those two qualify me, but uh, anyway, this song is here and I wanted to, uh, to sing a few verses for you. I don't think if we sing too much at base camp, 
Uh, if, if you know it and you want to join in, I don't have the words up there, uh, please do. And um, every morning at the Zoom call at 6, we start off with a song, and that puts us in the mood as we praise and worship and get ready to pray the, the next hour away. So uh, for the guys online, you'll be used to this, and so, so let's do it. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. Oh, joyful noise. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. Um, I was going to drop the mic at this point since I covered pretty much uh, everything I needed to here and just walk off stage and say, you got a little extra time at your tables. But uh, I figured we'd do a little uh, deeper dive into each of these topics and, uh, and discuss it a little more. So first, we're going to talk about the atoning death of uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, that picture, if you can see it on the lower left, is, is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying to God before he was uh, taken up by the Roman soldiers, and then we know what happened to him after that. And I can only imagine what Jesus, well, I can't imagine what Jesus was feeling at that point. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He's God. But he's also fully God and fully man. So he experienced pain and rejection just like us. And so when he's in the garden uh, praying, he, he knew the pain was coming. He knew the rejection was coming. He knew Father God was going to let happen what was going to happen. And in Luke twenty two forty two, 42, we hear Jesus calling out, just saying, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. And so I think that's why maybe also I'm standing on this stage, not, not my will, because my will would be just making coffee in the back, but God's will. So um, that's also why I'm here today. In Isaiah 53, 5, as you see at the top of the slide there, if you can read it, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. So now we've got a few bullets there to look at. Um, in Hebrews 2.17, for this way he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. So as I mentioned earlier, God was fully, Jesus was fully God and he was fully, fully human. So uh, the atonement, that first bullet there, Jesus was just. Jesus Christ was just. And, we, and who's the unjust? That's all of us but he paid the price for us anyway. It says in Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we, needed, we need Jesus if we're gonna be with God one day. He's the one that goes before us. When I think of the word atonement, there's a lot of other words that you can think of because uh, you know, that's not a normal word you hear of uh, in public, you know, atoning. That's more of a, a church word, right, that we use and uh, you don't hear about it too much, but it's a covering. It's Jesus purchased us. He redeemed us. He exonerated us. It was a ransom. He was a substitute. He canceled out our sins. He placated 
He conciliated. He wiped away and set free. He paid the price for us. The Old Test, in the Old Testament, the sacrificial offerings that were there, we know that they, uh, they would sacrifice all kinds of animals. Bulls, goats, lambs, uh, rams, I believe, grain and oil were offered up as, as uh, offerings to the Lord as well. And um, the Levitical Old Testament sacrifices didn't remove sin. They were only symbolic of what we would achieve through Jesus Christ when he came to die for us on the cross. Only the blood sacrifice of Jesus can take away sin. And he offered it for one time for all of us, his sacrifice. Jesus was our sacrificial scapegoat. He was the perfect, sinless, spotless, blemishless lamb of God, the perfect substitute. When John the Baptist saw him coming, he said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus took the penalty of our sin, allowing a renewed communion with God, a communion of God with mankind. Jesus sacrificially atoned for our sin and he came to give his life as a ransom for many. In Romans 3.25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. All we have to do is believe in Christ. He says who he was, that he was crucified for us, that our sins are forgiven, that he rose again on the third day and that he sits at the right hand of God interceding for us. The next topic I wanna discuss is the resurrection of the body. In Luke 24, seven, Jesus said the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day, raised again. Now Jesus knew everything in the Old Testament, all the prophecies like you just saw from Isaiah on the last slide. Jesus knew what was coming, and he, he taught everybody what was coming. And better than all of the current church leaders of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he, he had it all down. So he knew what was in store, and he knew what he had to go through on our behalf. All four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all of them record the bodily resurrection of Christ. What's some of the proof? The empty tomb, the clothes that were laid in the tomb, um, the scars that people saw on Jesus after he appeared when he was resurrected on his hands and his feet. So lots of physical proofs. After three days, though, he rose from the dead in the same body. It was a physical body, it was flesh and bone, he wasn't a spirit. When he died on the cross, his spirit went up, his body stayed, stayed there and was placed in the tomb and for three days until the spirit came back to the body and resurrected it. Jesus said, behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. We see that Jesus peered on over uh, at least 12 different occasions to over 500 people over a 40-day period before he ascended into heaven. He was physically seen. They saw him. They walked with him. They heard him speaking. They touched him. He asked them to touch him so they, they would believe. Remember, he asked uh, Doubting Thomas, come over here and put your, your finger in my side or my, the holes in my hands. And um, so he was seen, heard, touched. He ate with them. 
He taught them and he also healed them during this time. So many saw Jesus while he was there after his resurrection. One of the first accounts was Cephas on the road to Emmaus then the 12 disciples and then over 500 at one time. And then his brother James, the apostles. Mary tried to give him a hug. He said, don't hug me yet. I haven't quite ascended. And then finally, the apostle Paul as he was on the road to Damascus, saw Jesus. So there's a lot of eyewitnesses uh, seeing Jesus there. Jesus physically rose from the dead in the same body that was laid in the tomb. Next, we're gonna talk about Christ's ascension into heaven. In John 16, seven, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So praise God, believers have the Holy Spirit living in our heart amongst us, helping us make good decisions and helping us love people more and love God more and love our neighbor more. Because us as humans in the flesh, we're not very good at that. And I still fall short in that area in many ways. And so that's an area I need to continue to allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life. If, Je if Jesus didn't ascend, we would not have the Holy Spirit in our lives. So that is, a, that is just yet another proof that he ascended because we know the Holy Spirit's at work on the earth. In heaven, he ascended and Christ sits at the right hand of the Father as our advocate. He's our defense attorney. You can't handle the truth, right? That's what he's saying to the devil. When the devil's our accuser and he is there to accuse us, Jesus pleads our case before God. Jesus paid for all of our sins, the sins of our past, the sins currently in our present, and the sins we're gonna commit in the future. We just by nature sin, so we need Jesus. And because of Christ, the verdict is always, in God's eyes, case dismissed. Praise God for that. Jesus ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, and then he sent us the Holy Spirit. He intercedes on our behalf. The Holy Spirit enables us to live a more Christ-like life. The Holy Spirit accomplishes our sanctification. Another thing that he gives us, spiritual gifts. Each of you have them. We have different ones because we're all part of one body and we have to use our spiritual gifts in different ways. It comes as a result of Christ's ascension and we need to use them to bless other people. In Hebrews 4, 14 and 16, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. So brothers, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. We know that Jesus died for our sins. We know that he was uh, crucified, died and buried. He was raised again on the third day and he ascended into heaven and is there interceding on our behalf. And we have the Holy Spirit with us today. Amen. And with that, the discussion questions. You have the three discussion questions on your, uh, on your sheet there. Uh, if Jesus already paid the price and atoned for all of our sins, why is it so difficult to accept that and to forgive ourselves? Why hold on to shame and guilt? Second question. After Jesus' resurrection, he was seen by over 500 eyewitnesses. 
Many others still doubted. Would a thousand witnesses change their mind? 10,000? Do you have any doubts? And why is it so very important that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God? Do you believe he intercedes for us? And how? Thank you so much, brothers. And I'll just say a quick prayer to close this out. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for speaking through me your word. And as you were increased, Lord, I, uh, I was just the advocate that you used. And Lord, I just pray that you'd bless the table discussions and be with each of these men as we carry on our day. And watch over our church staff. It's all meeting today uh, and all the pastors and leaders uh, on a church retreat. May they get well-needed rest and, and come back refreshed and blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.